0: The MX Vice Show.
1: everybody welcome to episode 157 of the mx vice show we have another action-packed show ready for today for this episode we have an aussie motocross focus show as i'm joined by exciting aussie ace mx2 star reed taylor and aussie industry heavy hitter baden blanchett but before we welcome the lads i'd like to thank parts europe and whole shop motorhomes parts europe distribute spare parts accessories and rider equipment for all motorbike segments in europe We support the sport tagline. is fortified through the Thor and Moose House brands and their support of world elite MX riders like Prado, Langenfelder, Guadagnini, Jonas Bogers and nine times world champion Thor ambassador Tony Cairoli. Your parts Europe dealer has access to all the big brands for your motocross and enduro bike. Neckin, Pro Circuit, FMF, ODI, Cycra, Renthal, Recluse, and many more are in stock and ready to be shipped. Check out their website at partseurope.eu or contact your local parts europe dealer. With a dealer network of over 10,000 shops, we're sure there is one close to you. Also, a big shout out to Whole Shop Motorhomes for jumping on board to sponsor these podcasts. Whole Shop Motorhomes is a UK specialist motorhome dealer for motorsport transport. They specialize in garage motorhomes and race vans that are suitable for a wide variety of sports, such as motocross, enduro, karting, mountain biking, and more. Check out especially the Commander Home that's sure to fit your needs. Check them out online at their website. We also have an article on MX Vice and a video on our YouTube channel. So get amongst that and enjoy all that they have to offer. So all right to start with, how are you going, Reed? Thanks for taking the time, mate. And how's life? Yeah, no, I'm going good. Thanks for
2: having me on. Um, yeah, I've had a few weeks off over Chrissy and that. And then, yeah, just starting to get back into the swing of things for the um, 2024 season. And the
1: uh, Auckland races. Yeah, no worries, mate. G'day, Baden. How are you going? Thanks for taking the time too, mate. Thanks, mate. I'm going good. All good. All right, Reid. To start with you, mate, congrats on the Empire Kawasaki deal and obviously the Indian Supercross deal that's been announced today. So pretty exciting 2024 lined up for you, mate. So I guess you're pretty pumped on it all. Yeah, no, it should be good. I'm keen for the season. Yeah, keen to get it underway yeah 2023 how was that for you mate obviously mixing the ups and the downs but ended it really well with the supercross season obviously everyone knows how good a rider you are got great speed hugely talented a lot of bike skill mate so i guess talk us through the year from you from the start to the middle to the end because there was certainly some big strides made which culminated in obviously getting the empire kawasaki deal under the awning with someone like luke Clarks. pretty awesome too so just talk us through the year
2: yeah well i started off the year in germany actually and then um I was running for KDM Starholes at Dortmund and then I went back to do their motocross rounds and then, yeah, it didn't really work out there. And then came back here and did a few of the um, MX Nationals here and then, yeah, obviously went into Supercross with Raceline and then, yeah, got a few
1: decent results there and, yeah, that, that led to Empire yeah it's pretty cool how was working with the race line? obviously todd waters and the team they're very professional crew good platform and you had some really good riding at newcastle and melbourne so how was that for you mate and how was the track at newcastle especially because that one certainly bit a few blokes didn't it It was pretty treacherous yeah no it was great working with todd and that from raceline it was it was good
2: um yeah newcastle track was yeah it was real slippery i i think i crashed like three times in the heat race it's just like as soon as you'd push a, a little bit too hard it was yeah it'd bite you but um no, it wasn't it was a good good layout. It was just, yeah, just the dirt was real slippery and they kept watering it. So yeah, it was it was tough.
1: Yeah, and just tell us a little bit about the Indian Supercross deal. That's obviously something that's pretty cool. And look at the WSX stuff that's going on, the Supercross becoming a much more sort of global thing, a lot of interest in it. And I guess the Indian Supercross firstly for you is awesome, and then WSX will definitely be on the radar in the future. So how did that come about and when do you head off for that? How does it all start? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a lot about it, but yeah, Matt Matt obviously is going to it as
2: well and he's He's kind of like told me about it and and kind of got me on the on the way to go there. And um yeah, no, it should be good. I've been dealing with, with a few of them the last few days and I'm riding on big big rock or big red rock or something team. So no, it should be good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, mate. Obviously, Baden, you're been involved in Indian Supercross stuff a little bit more now with a couple of those guys that you sort of work with involved. So how are you sort of excited for it all? And it's pretty cool seeing Reed chant his arm over there as well.
0: Yeah, so with with Indian Supercross, it, it is pretty interesting um, the way that that's set up. With initially, we we got rumor over it come from Matt doing a race in China, I think. So that come to fruition. We sort of got in touch with the promoters, found out the promoters. They ended up living in Australia for a little while, so we ended up building a pretty good relationship with those guys. Um, and Matt was sort of um and arm, whether or not he was gonna do it too. But then eventually it started getting a bit of traction. And then Matt committed to it. And then we ended up getting another 30 odd uh resources from like all fringe riders from America and Australia and that sort of stuff to register for the auction process. And then um Reedy was a last-minute sort of entry, and yeah, it sort of worked out well for him and Matt, and they both landed on the same team with Caleb Goulet too, who's another Aussie, which worked out pretty cool. Uh And Ben Cow's Mount of Faridi is unreal, Um and there's a few other heavy hitters as well that we've seen come up in that auction process, so.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be pretty exciting exactly. to see how it all plays out, mate. It's obviously more money for more riders, and that's always a good thing because definitely the blokes in this sport don't get paid enough. And for any of the listeners that don't know you, mate, I'm sure a lot of them do. But yeah, just tell us about your story and the sport, the role you play, and you're such a key figure in Australia, helping a lot of riders like Mossy and Reed. So just tell us about how you got started
0: until where you are today. So and it all started back in 2015, um, where my brother started racing, SFC Racing with Daniel McCoy, um, and we were helping sort of like off the cast, myself and my other brother, Ben. And, um, anyway, so that, that team was started as full motocross, supercross sort of team. And we wanted to inject like another rider into that program, which, um, we ended up bringing in a kid called Kyle Webster, who I'm sure you know, yep. um, um, Reason why we brought in Cole Webb. so we sort of built this two-stroke 250, and we needed to put a face on. And Cole's only a kid at the time, and lived in WA. I still remember the phone call um, when I gave him a call just to see what what his plans were. But he really come to, um, well, he really appealed to me because I watched him race race this one race at Murray Bridge, and all he did was crash his brains out and get back up, get back on. And he showed me a lot, a lot of heart, a lot of speed and a lot of heart. So I thought, yeah, he's a good kid to take a risk on. Um, from there, we moved on to super, Supercross the same year where I thought, oh, I'm just going to start my own little program uh, and help out some, what I like to think or what I, what I like to call them is just underdogs. So so those fringe riders who aren't on factory teams actually need a little bit of support. And I had really good relationships with Yamaha who helped me sort of make it happen pretty easily. Um, we ended up putting on a kid called Jake Vella. He had sort of a couple of injuries that season. And that's that same season as Aaron and myself built a bit of a relationship. So I think Aaron was run for Craig Anderson on a, 350, say so in the 450 class that year, and he rocked up to Bathurst Supercross, if I remember, where um, where he rode his little brother's stock KDM, and he was running Supercross on stock bikes, stock motocross suspension, everything like that, and he was just getting like a Kyle Webster kind of story, but he was just getting himself beat on the track but still having a crack too. So I kind of like that about Aaron. And then that sort of made me um, set up a bit of a program with Aaron Yamaha, end up racing the rest of the series. Um, I think it was four out of five rounds on a 450 for the rest of the year, and he was only 18. So we've seen that out. And then from there, I've formed the BBR team um, with Nick Sutherland and Aaron Tierney. And then for the 2016 season, 2017, I was sort of – just wholly, solely focused on helping Aaron, where we broke it, a bit of a deal with WBR. He was still working full time. So I've been um just went and been his mechanic at WBR and helped WBR with a few things. Um after that, we heard that Dylan Wills left the Cowie team, so I was able to broker deal with the Kelly team for Aaron as well. Um, and then that gave him his first paid ride, which is what basically I set out to do is help that underdog kind of get an opportunity. And then ever since, um, then I've sort of helped him from management point of view and trying to deal with um, deals and that sort of stuff moving forward. And that gave me a bit of time to, then reset our little race team that we had. Um, we then, I think it was 20, same year, I've um, given the support that we initially had from Yamaha to Connor Tierney and giving Connor a crack on the 450 for the year, um, which had some good races and some bad races. And um, his season was a bit up and down where he had a few injuries and things like that, but he did full Supercross season that year. And that was sort of like a bit of a throwing a cat, like a kid in with the big boys. Um, so I'm sure Connor learned a lot that year. Um, 2019 went back to 250 class with Connor. Um, and that's where like our, our little team that we, we've been growing. um, got his first race win, and that was Wollongong Supercross. I don't think, like, I didn't get to make it to Wollongong Supercross because my second boy was born that weekend. So it was a bit unfortunate for me, but Connor did me proud and, and he, he actually won that race, which was sort of unexpected. And then um after that, we we well, Connor won a race and then Yamaha had a seat at Circo, so I was happy to let Connor go um and ride that Circo bike for the last two, which ended up going to NZ with Connor and that as well. Um from there I sort of parked it a little bit. Um and then we focused on trying to get Aaron over to the States and we initially got a deal done with Team Solitaire. So Team Solitaire, so I built a relationship with Ryan Clark where he trusted my opinion and and that stuff. where Aaron actually went and did a few races the year before and um and Ryan Clark was willing to take a risk on an Aussie, which is super, super hard when you got these fringe Aussies um, for them to take a risk. So he was willing to do that and then COVID struck, so... We had obviously, you know, um, all the restrictions coming inside and out of Australia, um, sort of hindered any opportunity to send Tanny over there. Um, so we'll, we'll, we sat there, we pulled the pin on that deal, and then we're sitting there like scattering around, like what, what deal can we get together for him? And we end up... Um, Jagging something pretty lucky with Gas Gas Australia because of the new bike. And um, I'm ringing Rob T from KDM Group and he, he was more than accommodating and they didn't really have a solid rider in mind or solid rider on the books ready to go and Aaron sort of fit that bill, So, which is pretty cool because it was a new Gas Gas bike and although it's KDM, but it was something... So i pretty cool for him. Um, and then so I thought I was going to have some time to breathe and then um, Mossy started knocking on my door. <laughs> so um, from there we had – we started building another team for the year um, where both myself and Matt sort of just come together and we just started at BBR 102 Motorsports and – we end up having both twins on the team, so both Matt and Jake. And um, we didn't have the resources. <laughs> we did, we we had unreal support from my brothers, so that they, they were happy to um, tip in a fair bit of money to sort of get us up and running with the bikes and that sort of stuff. And then Yamaha ended up coming through with some really good support and we're lucky that Matt Ferry was willing to take a risk on that. Uh, Matt Ferry from Yamaha. So from there, we had a bit of an up and down season. Jake um, hurt himself a lot, and then with Matt, he had sort of a bit of an up and down, sort of roller coaster season that year. Started off bad, ended up getting a podium, um, ended up getting a podium at Maitland that year, and I think it was twenty twenty one. Uh, season when Supercross didn't go ahead. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, anyway, we wrote, wrote Supercross off that year, and then the next year we just wholly solely focused on Matt, which was like sort of a breakout year for us. Um, where we focused on Matt for MX only. Then World Supercross started to get a lot of traction, and we end up getting a deal over line with Bud Racing, which was pretty cool because of obviously, um everything Matt had been through in the past, uh, it was a hard sell. And Stefan from Bud Racing, he he's an unreal guy um, where he he basically said to me, he goes, I've watched Matt go out, like, race his career. I'm willing to take a risk on him um, for World Supercross and let's do it. And then, um, which, that, that was pretty cool. So we end up parking the supercross no no the rest of the motocross in Australia so we can concentrate on um, supercross with Bud Racing and then we ended up putting like getting some support like some help here from Stefan because Kawasaki Australia they didn't want to help Matt at the time through the resourcing who who had control over the management Um, wasn't the biggest fan at the time but End of the day, Stefan stepped up. He ended up buying bikes in Australia for Matt. um, And we ended up working together to sort of go through some preparation for Supercross. He went over and done some pre-season races before World Supercross. Um, World Supercross started off pretty hairy for him, but he did pretty good. And then we ended up getting to a stage where, I think, was it before Australian Supercross or... What I mean after the first round, um, Paris, but first round of Australian Supercross, we end up jumping back to the Yamaha on our little platform, Um, and he ended up getting a fourth or fifth place. What I mean, just outside the top five or whatever in that first round, Um, where we sort of thought, oh right we'd need to build a little bit more on that. Um. And then went up, getting uh, additional a little bit more help from some other sponsors, um, to make some other things happen and resources for for Matt. And then he had to jump back from that to go to Paris. He ended up not wanting to go to Paris. We ended up talking Matt into going to Paris, which ended up being the game changer for him. So that was um, he was sort of losing a bit of. Focus on the bud, the bud racing, European type racing at the time, and then really wanted to concentrate on um, Australian Supercross and winning that. But I think it was the best thing that we did was convince him to send him there because that actually got him his first race wing back in whatever seven years or so. And then um, he ended up coming back and winning the last two rounds for for us and losing the championship by a point. Um, which was sort of like a game-changing year for me. Throughout this time, um, still it was a little bit sort of hairy for me because I'm still helping Aaron out from a management point of view, but we're racing against him and things like that, which was pretty cool, but I don't mind doing that. And obviously everything um, that we discussed between the riders and that too is all pretty discreet between each other but I still wanted to beat CDR with our platform and more really 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 want to beat the Honda team too so um that that's my biggest motivator was be was really wanting to beat the Honda team but it was a bit um bit of a shame we did we lost the championship by a point <laughs> which we went down the last moto so um other than that 2023. Um, obviously with Reedy, um, we put a lot of focus into Reed, obviously trying to do some deals overseas with um Europe and and getting those things up and running because I didn't think well it was something different for him. We ended up getting him an opportunity to go race Dortmund and then uh end up breaking a deal with Sahol's, which worked out well for for Reed to end up Heading over there, but um, that changed pretty quickly due to certain circumstances and things like that. And then sort of went into a motocross season, we like with Ready, which was sort of what would you say, Ready is kind of like wet wet your feet, kind of MX2 yeah, sort of season. Yeah, yeah, really underprepared. And every time we got some momentum, something bad would go wrong, it was just like bike would blow up or or something like that. And no manufacturer really wanted to um go out of their way and help help the kids. So we ended up getting through. He's lucky he had good parents who who help him. And um then from there we we end up getting on to Todd Waters who ended up parted ways with Foxy. Um and there was a seat there and Todddy was really, really accommodating. Um for someone like Reed and he had the platform, he had the team, he had the resources. Um he was working in hand in hand with the coach that Reed was working with, and um that sort of gave Reed Reedy a couple of little breakout sort of rides. Um that year, like 2023, we're really gearing up to run our own race team with Matt. And then with the inconsistencies with um with uh, World Supercross, it sort of put us in a position where um, where we broke a deal with Kawasaki to sort of and fill that void in funding that Matt was going to miss through World Supercross when those um, rounds were canceled. And, yeah, so after that um, brings us to 2024 where I've, Chucked a lot of eggs in um a basket with trying to like build a relationship with Julian from PRMX. Um where Aaron like we were Aaron's over in America now, so we end up eventually getting there. Um it's a bit unfortunate that he's missed a few rounds. Or he's missed this round and then um and that crash that easy experience just recently. And then obviously that was a nasty one. Yeah, big one. So, um, thanks, Nick, for dropping it on media. But, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, no, so that, that one there. And then obviously, with Tyson, we've been working really, really strongly with Tyson to try and develop a good program for Reed for next year. Um, and obviously, Luke's gone to Kawasaki as well. And then they've got, They've got arguably one of the best mechanics in Australia um running running their platform. So I think um getting a bit of an alignment with that team and and people that I like, and then obviously Matt run for them last year. Um it's sort of yeah, and they're a pretty combinating team, it sort of was a no brainer to try and get ready on get ready on that team. So um and he basically gave some solid results at the end of last year and sort of evidence that he's there to stay and he's gonna be a contender. And um yeah, so twenty twenty-four looks like a lot of green bikes in my life at the moment. So that that's what we're we're doing.
1: Yeah, that's so cool, mate. And obviously for you, Reed, for any of the listeners that don't know you, mate, just Give us a little rundown of your career, mate. Where it started, how you got into motocross, sort of the key influences. Obviously, Baden's been key, but sort of one of the major milestones and achievements. And I guess you must be so grateful for someone like Baden's support as well. Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, yeah, my dad rode, and then and then his dad rode. So yeah, I kind of got into it into it that way. And then yeah, I've I've been doing it since I was yeah really young. But um, yeah, I've raced um, I raced heaps when I was yeah eighty five. I was on the junior Husky team when I was. I think I was 12 to 15 maybe and then I had a um a pretty big head injury and I was out for I think I was out for like a year and a half and um and then I ended up coming back to racing and then yeah did a few junior Aussies and did did pretty well at them and then um and then obviously yeah I went I was about 16 and went to go I went to race MX3 and then yeah obviously the um covid hit so um yeah missed a few years there and then yeah I just just jump straight into MX2 and and yeah, just going from there. Yeah, I've I've been in, in MX2 for like two years now, but yeah, I haven't I haven't done a great deal of racing. I've kind of yeah, been taking it a bit easy, but yeah, I'm all in now and yeah.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good 20 yeah, mate. Two. Obviously, is the aim to sort of get in that top three every week in the MX2. Obviously, the big heavy hitters, a couple of them have vacated the class and moved up, so you'll be up against the guys like Connolly, Ferguson, Minier, Bud, Barham, Andrew. So you'll back yourself to be in that top three, top five every week, won't you? And I guess that's the aim.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, those guys sort of, who do you think shaping up as the top contender at this point? Would you say probably Ferguson and Connolly and Minier or, you know, Bud, you don't know. He's on the new bike, Barham's always good and Andrew's announced a new deal, sort of a refreshed deal there. So, mate, who are the major guys do you reckon will be the toughest to beat? Yeah, probably a few of them, yeah. I don't know.
2: Uh, you don't really know. Any, any of them can can do well each weekend. So, yeah, we'll
1: just bring best forgotten, yeah, see how we go. Yeah, mate, it's been good to see. And obviously, Baden, what are your expectations and what do you see in Reid? Obviously, a super talented rider. So what do you think for him, mate? You reckon he's well and truly capable of those podiums every week. And how does he sort of, how do you guys deal with a bit of criticism you've copped in recent times, mate?
0: See, like, I'm a big believer in Reid. I've watched him ride since he's a little kid, right? And obviously, when he hasn't been racing, he's back on the bike after that injury and things like that. So, I see a lot with him, Um and I see him do a lot of good things and a lot of bad things too. So I, I know how how good he can be, and I wouldn't put my time into someone who I don't think can win, to be totally honest. And or or help be that top three guy, you know what I mean? So um, I see a lot of I see a, a, like a like history repeating itself a little bit with a, with a Aaron kind of scenario, but. Um, but yeah sort of like from all different angles Um, so yeah I, I expect him to win eh? to be t- honest yeah mate absolutely that should be the aim for sure given
1: Ooh. the talent and just like your future aims Reed, are they to go to American Supercross to obviously do WSX is that sort of more the pathway you prefer to do that than the GPs obviously the age rule doesn't really help for anyone in the 250 but is that the way you'd sort of like to go Supercross only or are you happy to do everything yeah, enough. I'd I'd prefer to do Supercross only
2: I I like to yeah, I I like the idea of the new world supercross and, and things like that. That's okay. you get to travel around and, and like you you're based from where you know what I mean, where you live and yeah, you get to go travel the world and race supercross. So that that's like yeah,
1: an ideal dream really. Yeah, it must be pretty cool. And obviously, you're right into the Supercross, and it would probably be a good motivation with the Lawrence brothers, obviously, Tangy over there, and even guys like Olander and Whiteman having a crack this weekend in America, Stapleton. So that's probably a pretty cool source of uh, motivation to you, mate, and it's pretty cool to see him having a crack.
2: Yeah, no, it's good.
1: Yeah, so yeah, any sort of key takeaways from there, mate? You race some of those guys, obviously, and the key steps for you getting to the next level is just fitness, confidence, staying healthy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, it's good to see the boys having a crack. I think, like, if the, if you look at it, Ed, like, we've watched Adam Stormy World Supercross and you look at the the other supercrosses like India and Australia and America and that sort of stuff. Like, you're crazy not to want to have a supercross-only sort of focus for the future. You know what I mean? No one wants to sit in one thaggy in winter and rain, and like, when it's raining and like three or four degrees you know except maybe ferris but
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's like a Wilson max Anstey program isn't it mate they yeah. seem a
0: lot happier the more time in between races and you can just focus on one thing and still make a good living but uh, on the flip side someone like reed for example he can he can ride um both just as good as each other which is back to what you asked me before is why like i'm keen to invest time into helping something like that That's no, pretty cool
1: mate and obviously with the Matt Moss relationship, have we got any sort of plans sort of to announce for him for this year? Obviously the super talented rider got a lot of probably people wanting his services. So have you got anything to say on him?
0: So I'll let let Matt expose what, what his exact plans are or whatever, but at the moment he's, he's racing Dortmund this weekend. Um, And then he's sort of like, in a in like a supercross only sort of focus sort of environment, but yeah, he's racing Dortmund this weekend Unfortunately, we weren't able to get a ride for Reedy over there just due to late circumstances and, and things like that. But store um, Storman, then he'll do the Indian supercrosses. And then he had some AMA opportunities and things like that. But whether or not they, they come to fruition or however that pans out in the future, we don't know. But then he'll focus on obviously world supercross and Australian supercross. But we don't know what bike yet. We don't know how that's going to look, but I'm guessing that's going to unfold um, pretty quickly once World Supercross start to announce their calendars. Because once they do that, then we can sort of focus on what strategy we take.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool, mate. Obviously, just for Reid this weekend, racing in Coffs Harbour, mate. Obviously, it's going to be cool to have a crack. It's the first ride of the year, mate. There's a bit of prize money on the line there, so it should be good. So anyone that's sort of around the Coffs Harbour area, come and check it out, isn't it? Yeah, no, it should yeah. be good. It should be <laughs> real good. They've, they've changed the track to um they've
2: got it at the motocross track this year, so they've they've made it a bit more wide open, a few bigger jumps than that. So yeah, it should be
1: real good. Yeah, Baden any of your thoughts on the weekend, mate. Have we got some pretty good competitors lined up for Reid,
0: And what's the entry list looking like? The the entry list is um pretty strong. It's always pretty strong, Kof Saba with with the weekend, the changing track, it's sort of it's a little bit different to how it's um, usually set up. So we've actually well, the clubs actually moved the track from the stadium over to the to the Kofa Motors motocross track where they held the nationals, and they've been been able to set up a bigger track. Um, so which has opened it up, like Reedy said, to make some good racing, and it's pretty cool that the fifties and and the pros get all race on the same track and. This weekend, I think that the from what I'm hearing and what I'm reading is you got Ferris, um, Crawford, Melros, and a a few other heavy hitters racing the MX1 class, and then in the MX2 class you got obviously Reedy, um, Bud, Barham. I've been trying to get over line, but he's a bit too precious. Um, Let I'll tell him that too. And then there's another few guys few other um common supercross and motocross races and then coming to race that race too. So um it should be good racing. I know ready will want to win win at home too. So Yeah, there should be some cool it stuff there. Good. And obviously
1: Jay from Hostile who I've had a chat to recently will be there. So yeah, he's a legend. So it'll be good for the fans to go and check out all that gear too, which you have a pretty key role in helping him too, don't you?
0: Yeah. So I help a few people to be honest, but with J- with Jay, it's sort of just helping him from a marketing kind of strategy. Um, we had the platform with the race team, obviously the relationship with Matt. Um, and then Reedy obviously coming up. He 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 was a good sort of key to key for Jay and his marketing, and then helping him with content. Um, helped Jay with some other stuff in behind the scenes too, sort of like strategies like in the integration of kids' gear and things like that too. Basically just like helping him out as a friend, to be totally honest. Um, but it's good to see his brand grow from from day one to now. Um, and it's pretty quite impressive. Well, I think. It's a good style, it's good tech uh, like sort of unique kind of mm. style. And it's actually good equipment, good gear. My little boys run it. Um and yeah, it's really, really good and it's really good to watch him go. So
1: Yeah, mate, all the hard work's paying off, and he sent our test rider Brad over in the UK some gear to test, so we'll be running the test on that when the weather Did he send you some? Oh, not me, personally. I don't ride these days, mate, but, (laughs) yeah, the... uh Yeah, too old and not enough cash, mate, with the house renovations and whatnot, working a couple of jobs, mate. But yeah, it looks awesome, that's for sure. We'll be running some test stuff on there for yeah, sure. I mean,
0: mate. need some gloves for mountain biking or something. Yeah, We're yeah, something like that, mate. Yeah,
1: no, it's all cool, isn't it? It's very much different and yeah, it's cool for the... It's obviously a pretty hard thing to break into gear with. It's a pretty saturated market, but it's pretty awesome that he's having a crack, mate. And hopefully, you know, the aim is one day to do it as full-time as possible, which would be pretty awesome to see, mate. And from your position, what are the sort of keys to your success and building these relationships relationships mate I guess being honest and just genuine and trustworthy because you've obviously know so many people and
0: have got long-lasting relationships so is that the sort of keys for you mate yeah I think it's just doing what you say you're gonna do really um oh that's what I like to that's one of my sort of qualities in life that I sort of strive by but um then just sticking to what, what you say you're gonna do so and I've learned like for Jay for example with his business I've learned from what I see from other businesses and being like a sponge and sort of absorbing some things or or something like will stand out and I think like obviously I think it's a pretty good idea with the with the sort of management kind of um network that have sort of built across the world um so that that they've sort of just try to work really on relationships and again doing what I say I'm going to do um but both ways, though. So for the rider and the and the team too, which sometimes gets pretty hard. But um, but yeah, sort of work on trying to do that. To be totally honest and be, like I said, credible and honest.
1: Yeah, that's the sort of best way to make strides, mate. And just to the racing for you, Reid, what's your thoughts on the state of the series in Australia? You happy with the amount of rounds or you, all the blokes probably want to see more Supercross rounds for a starter and those gaps in the schedule can be a bit of a killer having like a mini preseason, like there was almost two months between rounds at one point in the motocross. So how do you handle all that, mate? And would you like to see some more rounds and specific tracks?
2: Yeah, know the tracks are pretty good this year. It, look, it looks good. Um, I think yeah I'm pretty sure they're they're pretty spread out again like there's I think in between round four and five there's like a ten week gap which is pretty
1: crazy but um
2: yeah the, the like the the word is that they have more supercross rounds which is good so yeah that should be real good
1: yeah have you got a preference obviously you prefer the supercross mate but like Baden was saying pretty handy outdoors
2: yeah no I, I do I do like supercross it's good but um yeah i'm um Overall, it's it's both fun, so it's
1: good. And you have no issues finding tracks or any, getting quality surfaces to train on, mate, around where you are. Oh yeah,
2: it is a bit of a struggle. There's not, there's not a great deal of like people and riders or tracks around here, but
1: um, yeah, we we do do what we we have to yeah and on to you Baden. your thoughts on the state of play in Aussie Moto? obviously everyone wants more rounds and less gaps in between the schedule it's obviously a logistical nightmare because when you're looking at it, the sports just not that big compared to a lot of other options in australia and you know they do the best they can so what would you like to see mate and i guess do you feel it's in a strong place needs improvement
0: or in a weak position i'm sitting on the fence it's it's kind of strong and kind of weak to be totally honest i think um Obviously, the the side effect that the industry absorbed from the backside of um, COVID is starting to starting to come back. So, obviously, like kids like Reid, for example, he, he he missed out on a whole MX three opportunity because of that COVID sort of scenario. So, those sorts of riders they probably dropped a few, um, and then they're obviously coming in. the The gates have been pretty good. And the series is run a, what is it, eight or ten rounds this year? Um yeah, I, I think it has a double cut, yeah, there's a doubleheader. yeah, so there's a couple of back to backs. I reckon they don't race enough, to be totally honest. Mm. It's and what I don't like about the Australian motocross series is that it's built around like motorcycle in Australia have taken control of it, and the, they sort of build their Australian series around their other commitments. So like your yeah, off-road series and your yeah, road bike and super bike sort of racing so then that, that calendar does get spread out Um I think more racing more frequently would be more beneficial for the riders um, from a financial standpoint but then from a team running standpoint it would cost double you know so with the way Australia's and I heard Craig Dack say and I agree with him it's it's sort of like it's sort of like between amateur and professional, our level. So, um, it probably stacks up to where 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 that sits. I think. Yeah, they've got a pretty
1: solid TV package together when you look at a lot of other domestic championships in Europe. So that side of things pretty cool. The coverage in terms of that, but and obviously you look at the entry list and there's just like for MX One, for example, Ferris beat and Webster clout waters todd crawford gibbs duffy said he might do a privateer metcalf still going evans there's so many guys out there isn't there mate so the actual racing side in that mx1 class and the younger guys in mx2 there's so much talent and i guess it doesn't really prepare them well if you want to do a supercross season or an smx season of 31 rounds when you might be only doing 10 to 12 in australia so it's a massive leap when those aussies go over isn't it
0: and that's it yeah for sure but like with the like you said like um it's just very stacked field and you got wilson Like Wilson Todd and those guys too. So, um, yeah, I think I think next year's MX One racing is going to be really good. I'd love to see Aaron in the mix as well, but then uh, I like seeing him in the states too. And I think MX One and then the injection of the new kids like Reed Ryder Kingsford, um, Campbell Williams, and those guys actually in that MX Two class, the racing is going to be really good with, with racing Noah and the Kiwi guy, whatever his name is, and and things like, yeah, that guy. Racing those guys, it's going to make the racing really good. So, And then the MX3 class, that's pretty cool to watch as well when you watch the little Mm. kids who were riding 60s now racing that too, so. Yeah,
1: super fast, aren't they? And do you reckon one day we might see, you know, obviously not now, but Ducati, Beta, Triumph, Fantic, these sort of rides filtering through to Australia would be cool. If it ever happens, if they ever fund that kind of adventure, mate, do you think that's a possibility one
0: day? I think most definitely. I reckon you'll see Beta this year, and I think you'll see Beta with a good rider on it this year. And then Triumph, from my understanding, their commitment, there, there will be a racing commitment. I just don't know when. And then Ducati, who knows what's going on there, but I'm sure that, that someone in Australia will suck it up and, and have a team out there or whatever. It'll be pretty cool to see, to be totally honest. So it's just good for the sport, really. Yeah, um absolutely. more bikes out there.
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask with Reed, I'm not sure your plans for twenty-four training wise, but what's your take on all these training programs in Australia? Obviously, similarly Alden Baker's factory MTF style frameworks in America. Obviously, they fast track development, streamline it, sort of brutal competition. Obviously, in Australia, we've got the Zero, 00 Elite and Beatons and Ford Dales. So there's some pretty cool programs out there, mate. They're pretty obviously good platform. You obviously know a lot of the lads that are on them. So what's your thoughts on them, mate? Yeah, no, they're good. I did a bit of um I did a bit of a preseason down with Beaton, I think. Just before
2: the MX3, before COVID and that happened. But um, I just came off a broken femur at the time. So I was a bit, yeah, I was a bit not great rock like riding-wise and things like that. But um, no, that's good. Yeah, didn't mind no. the Victorian weather? Yeah, no, I didn't really like that.
1: <laughs> that's not the best, is it? And Baden, no. you like the idea of those training programs? Obviously, super cool. Obviously, not for everyone, like you hear Levi Kitchen saying he's sort of moving away from that star one to run more of his own program this year on the Kawasaki in America. So you think they're pretty cool, mate? Obviously, the people that run well, them, they're definitely all in, aren't they? I think
0: yeah, I'm I'm on the fence again about this sort of stuff because obviously the programs like they work well for some kids and they work they don't work so well for other people too. Like the successful guys that I've seen in the past, obviously look Dean Ferris trains himself, you know what I mean, and he he's what four time three or four time Australian champ. Um, Marmonts they always had their bro, like their brothers so had a bit of a sparring partner, and then Mossy pretty much train train himself too. Um, so there's massive change in the industry at the moment it is it is sort of like um, appealing to get these young kids on those programs because there's opportunity for them to sort of test themselves against each other. Um, and some of the programs I believe are better than the other programs. Um, but I've, I've also been over to Club MX too and I've seen how that's operated. Um, Reedy's, Reedy's obviously spent a little bit of time at Club MX, but they're, the Australian programs are nowhere near that program. It's just obviously purely because of the facility, but um, there's a few other things that, that the American programs I say do a lot better than Australian ones and that's purely because of um, the reliance on public tracks and private tracks and and trying to develop a program with consultants like your trainers and and your physios and things like that. So it will be cool once once one of those sort of facilities gets established in Australia to see how that unfolds and that too. So
1: yeah, it's pretty I cool. Think. And a couple more before we let your blokes go. Obviously, Bade, you plan on doing a bit of travelling this year, mate, overseas? you got some GPs or some Supercross lined up in the future, and maybe even the nations in the UK, which would be pretty awesome, the Lawrence brothers and one other. You can sort of take your pick, Ferris, beaten, You know, plenty
0: of talent in Australian motocross at the moment. It'd be great to finally
1: get that win, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, for sure. Be, I think they're in a good position to do so. I know that I've heard some rumours on how they're going to um, sort of attack it, but... Uh, from a training perspective which sounds pretty cool um but yeah i'll I'll do some traveling looks like i might go to india and then um obviously try to get to the states and things like that and check out what aaron's doing and and stuff like that to sort of experience that and yeah sort of get get around a bit so that'll be
1: pretty cool yeah, mate, it's going to be a good year. should be a good year for Aussie mate, across. And for you, Reid, just sort of tell the fans sort of any final thoughts from you and where can people follow you and check out all your stuff on social media and follow your story. Yeah, um,
2: yeah I'm obviously on Instagram and, and things like that. But um, Reid underscore Taylor 24.
1: Good, man. Cheers for taking the time. Any final words for you, Baden? And just, yeah, we look forward to seeing Reed do great things this year, don't we?
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Reid really have a go, have a good, decent crack and, um, and the other boys too. So Matt and Aaron, once he gets healthy and and that Empire team get to the top. So that that's all going to be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, mate, cheers. And thanks for taking the time. And before we let you go, I'll just thank the sponsors for this last part in AS3 Performance Parts, the home of aftermarket motocross and enduro parts, from hardware and protection parts, including skid plates and radiator braces, to performance cooling parts, including silicon radiator hoses and oversized impeller kits. AS3 also have a huge range of brake, clutch and gear levers, all with different features and adjustability. Check them out online at asfreformance.uk and obviously Kawasaki Motors UK. Pleased to announce the arrival of the KLX 140R range, the easy to ride KLX lineup offers a 144cc engine plus suspension and push button electric start making for great trailblazers. The KLX machines come in three different sizes, ranging from Junior's first tentative steps to pushing the door wide open on adult riding the highly regarded klx 140r range is ready and willing to add fun enjoyment contact your local off-road dealership more information all right thanks for joining us lads. that's been the MX Vice show all the best and keep up the good work sweet thanks, thanks mate cheers, no worries mate. have a good one